Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Michael Lee on the NBA a little bit later. Clippers over Lakers last night. Raptors beat the Pelicans, who were missing the injured Zion Williamson. Toronto also received its enormous, gigantic NBA championship rings from last year. Hornets host the Bulls tonight. There's another doubleheader, this time on ESPN, also involving contenders, by the way. Celtics at the Sixers, Nuggets at the Blazers. When we had our annual Pick 5 contest yesterday, trying to continue a tradition that dates to the early 90s, where in the NBA's preseason, we pick five and only five teams, hoping that one of those five eventually emerges as the NBA champion. We have 26 success stories. We have four misses on our resume. There were at least a dozen teams recommended by our statewide listeners yesterday, and that is not the way it usually works. There have been a lot of years where it's like, all right, the Warriors, and then where's LeBron? Okay, Cavaliers or the Heat and those other years, and then who else? And that was it. I mean, you sometimes it felt like you couldn't get to five. There were more than a dozen recommended yesterday. Celtics and Sixers were both on the Eastern Conference list with the Milwaukee Bucks. Nuggets and Blazers were also on the Western Conference list along with the Clippers and the Lakers and a whole bunch of others. 1-800-849-2761. My con man update for you from the sports headlines. Also, I was asked, how should the NBA handle the ongoing China situation? As we also welcome your calls on college football, week nine is almost here. The NFL, Panthers at 49ers, future of Tom Brady and otherwise. We have uh, Carolina Hurricanes hockey tickets to give away. Don't forget on Twitter, hashtag CanesWithDG. I will be notifying another winner later today. You'll get your pick. Saturday afternoon, the Canes host the Blackhawks. Tuesday night, they host the Calgary Flames. They're actually on the road tomorrow night against Columbus. So you'll get your pick if you're tonight's winner. Just use the hashtag CanesWithDG. I hope to find you a little bit later. 1-800-849-2761. Darren, I was asked why we have not chimed in yet on the Houston Astros controversy involving an assistant general manager who repeatedly yelled at a group of female reporters about the presence of Astros closer Roberto Osuna, who was acquired last year by Houston, despite the fact that he was dealing with a 75-game suspension for violating Major League Baseball's domestic violence policy. I do have thoughts on that. The baseball is even more compelling to discuss. 5-4 Nationals over Astros, at least while games are being played. I can, I can chime in on that, if you like, and we'll take your calls. The Astros screwed up royally is my bottom line. I'll have to save an elaboration for another time because there's a couple of other things that I want to get to. The Houston Astros responded poorly to that situation and made it worse by lying about what actually happened. Rather than just figuring out what happened, they took Brandon Taubman's word for what happened, and all the other eyewitnesses said that wasn't what happened at all. So long story short, given that domestic violence is a massive issue in part because folks are dismissive of the important voices from the victims, they deny facts. Often the abuser is denying what happened, even though there's lots of evidence of what did happen. So while dealing with an issue related to or connected to domestic violence, you're denying facts, pretending something didn't happen, and dismissing the voices of the victims. Yeah, that's a bad look. That's the wrong way. 
and the Astros should be ashamed about how they handled that situation. Again, that's the short version. There's a couple of other things to get to. How should the NBA handle the ongoing China situation? Shaquille O'Neal chimed in on this last night during TNT's doubleheader. For those who don't know, China is the second largest market for the National Basketball Association. We all went through the criticism of Adam Silver's first statement, and then he got it better and more right the second time. We all went through LeBron James botching his first statement and then at least finding a better way to express himself later, although he was clearly not his best self at any step in that process. The Daryl Morey tweet, the Chinese businesses cutting some ties, the NBA losing potentially a whole lot of money. The risk is so high that they've even sent out memos relating to revenue drops that would impact the league's salary cap number. That's not chump change. That's serious cash, international revenue, second largest market. More than a billion people live in mainland, main, uh, land China. Chinese state television declined to show last night's season opening games. After that country, remember, they have their own league. But thanks to Yao Ming years ago being an NBA star from China and a lot of other players, many Americans, Stefan Marbury, uh, played in the NBA and then were stars in the Chinese league. So there's a lot of cross-promotional possibilities there. And, of course, most companies, sports or otherwise, want access to one of the largest markets in the world, more than one billion people. Well, and unlike in countries with more freedoms, you have to deal a lot more with the Chinese government on such things, the way they do things over there. They do not value individual freedom in anywhere near the way we and others do, and they favor stability above a seemingly almost everything else. So after years of it being a tradition that Chinese state television, that is the government-run television stations, they declined to show the season-opening doubleheader, even though there was a long run of years where that was part of what they broadcast to Chinese citizens. The NBA also has a streaming partner in that part of the world named Tencent. They showed only one of the two games last night as, I guess, something of a statement that it's not the way it used to be. But th at least that company is not abandoning the NBA entirely. We'll see how the Chinese state television turns out in the long run. I'll give you Shaquille O'Neal's words from last night, and then I'll tell you why, for now, my advice, seriously, as like an attorney or an advisor to, to uh, Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, or any of the other owners, seriously, my advice, and this is not usually the best advice when it comes to dealing with a problem, ignore it. For now, ignore it. Now, you have a leak in your roof at home? Remember, <laughs> the opposite advice is the best way to go. Don't ignore it because that problem only gets bigger if you ignore it, right? There's a lot of problems in life that if you ignore it, it only gets worse. I do believe that from time to time, there are problems in life that get worse the more you try to fix them, the more frantic you are about solving it today. We already know we're in a climate where anything can be misinterpreted by residents of China or the Chinese government, you know, who's still telling Adam Silver, there will be repercussions for your public statement about how Chinese, the Chinese government demanded the dismissal of Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey. Adam Silver said that publicly. The Chinese government denied it. Given that the Chinese government's track record for truth is abysmal 
and Adam Silver's track record for the truth is pretty darn good. I'm taking Adam Silver's word for it. Now, that doesn't mean you don't upset somebody. So you do have to be careful with everything you say. I believe because there's such significant demand for the NBA in China, that's why it is the second largest market. Yeah, they have to open the market, but people have to care. And that's why it's a multi-billion dollar relationship. The televising of games, the, the streaming of games with the company Tencent, etc. I believe this is the, the more rare example of a problem that does not need your immediate addressing, not on a public basis anyway. Here's what Shaquille O'Neal had to say about it during last night's TNT doubleheader. We do a lot of business in China. They know and understand our values. We understand their values. And one of our best values here in America is free speech. We're allowed to say what we want to say, and we're allowed to speak up about injustices. And if people don't understand that, that's something that they have to deal with. I thought it was unfortunate for both parties, and then you got people speaking when they don't know what they're talking about. But Daryl Morey was right. Whenever you see something wrong going on anywhere in the world, you should have the right to say, that's not right. I 100% agree with Shaquille O'Neal, and I'm not sure how often I get to say that out loud. In this particular case, Shaq is exactly right. We as a country don't kowtow to anybody when it comes to freedom of speech and our rights to say things about whatever we want to say. Now, there's a time and a place for everything. And if you're the NBA, you have to know that one of your partners is super sensitive about a handful of issues, one of them being Hong Kong, for example. You just have to know it. And in all business relationships that are sensitive, you've got to manage something. And the NBA certainly has the ability to both manage its relationship with China, again, publicly, ignore it. The NBA fans in China are going to want to see those games. They can either deny that market demand and force that on their own people, or gradually, when other headlines are filling the newspapers and the websites, Gradually, this NBA thing, this confrontation can fade into the background. And at some point this season, you know what? Chinese government television is going to start showing games again. Who knows? Maybe it doesn't happen until the playoffs. But unless there's another brush fire to put out, unless there's something where, especially on Chinese soil, some representative of the NBA is chiming in on something that is sacred to them and off limits to them especially when you're visiting them, you can both stay true to your own values while continuing business relationships. It happens all the time in all sorts of contexts, sports and otherwise. In that case, Shaquille O'Neal is right, and the NBA should mostly publicly ignore the China problem while enjoying the NBA regular season that launched last night and continues tonight. Celtics at Sixers, Nuggets at Blazers. That's the ESPN doubleheader. Your Hornets will host the Chicago Bulls. How many of these would you have gotten right, Darren Vaught, as a man paid to cover sports in this state? Five starters for the Hornets. Now, I know you know Kemba Walker is now with the Boston Celtics. Right. But Marvin is not expected to start. For example, okay, Nick he, Batum, the highest paid guy on the roster, <laughs> is not expected to start. $25 million man, Nick Batum. Like, those are two of maybe the, what, the three or four highest paid guys on the roster? Correct. Five or six guys? I correct. Mean, MKG, not expected to start. So you're talking about most of the money. <laughs> I mean, who knows? James Borrego, I told you the line from ESPN earlier today. Unless the Hornets beat either the Bulls tonight or the Timberwolves in their game two, but also at home. 
they have a chance of threatening the NBA record of 18 straight losses to open the season. That was by one of those miserable Nets teams not too, too long ago. That's the record. So let's dodge that bullet starting tonight maybe with a win over the Bulls. I don't know if like two people in our audience would have gotten this right. They do have the new point guard, Terry Rozier. Right. He's going to start, of course. He's now one of their highest paid players. The young guard from Florida State, Dwayne Bacon, expected to start. The young forward from Michigan State, last year's lottery pick, Miles Bridges, is expected to start. And the young guy from Kentucky, also this year's lottery pick, P.J. Washington, is expected to start. Sure. And then Cody Zeller in the post, so you know about him. So that's different now. I mean, some some say the closest thing to hope is Bridges and P.J. Washington. And I guess there would be some value to bringing Batum and Marvin and MKG all off the bench, but... Uh, I mean, the Knicks are horrifically bad. I think the Cavaliers are horrifically bad. I don't know about that record, but with the best player in franchise history walking out the door and Hornets getting mostly nothing in return, I don't know how they're going to not go from bad to worse. 1-800-849-2761. Michael Lee from The Athletic on the NBA in about 15 minutes. More of your calls, Astros and domestic violence, the NBA and China. And yes, I promised it, so I'll get to it on the other side. One of the biggest con men in the American sports headlines in recent years just got a big dose of reality, and I'm enjoying every second of it. More on that story with more of your calls next on The David Glenn Show. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. How's that? <laughs> Do we but, have uh, background music that's for that? Right. That's right. Bette Midler. There we go. Keep it right here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. World Series, NFL. I have a couple of breaking news items there. College football, NBA, all on our agenda. It's GOAT Day with Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Nick Saban, and others in the conversation. How's this for unexpected news as I also offer the one thing I promised? The biggest con man in the American sports world lately, or at least one of them, got a fresh dose of reality recently, and I'm kind of happy about it, so I'll share that news. Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs, not a con man, but an MVP quarterback, he is practicing today. The same dude who dislocated his right kneecap last Thursday in the Chiefs' win over the Broncos, last season's MVP, and man, is he fun to watch. According to head coach Andy Reid, Matt Moore, the backup, formerly of the Panthers, will get a good percentage of the reps today just in case he needs to start Sunday night against the Green Bay Packers at Arrowhead Stadium. But Andy Reid says of Mahomes, quote, we're just going to see how he does and evaluate him from there. He said he's not surprised Mahomes made such a quick return to practice after receiving the results of the MRI on the injured knee. Fortunately, I've never had a dislocated kneecap, but I didn't know that that was potentially this simple, that he might not miss a game at all. Remember, the original guesstimate, and they emphasized that's all it was, was that he might miss three weeks. He might not miss more than three days. Patrick Mahomes practicing today for the Kansas City Chiefs no, nothing etched in stone, but you may want to 
adjust your fantasy league team or other things accordingly. 1-800-849-2761. Meanwhile, good news for the Carolina Panthers. Young cornerback Dante Jackson, who has missed games, plural, with a groin injury, full participant in practice today as the 4-2 and two Panthers prepare for their trip to face 6-0 and San Francisco. Also good news, veteran Pro Bowl caliber guard Trey Turner, who has missed games, plural, with his ankle issue, full participant in practice today for Ron Rivera and friends. Greg Olson, finger issue, back from the broadcasting experience, full participant in practice. Gerald McCoy and Shaq Thompson are a little dinged up, but they had limited participation in practice. Brian Burns had minor wrist surgery. That guy has been one of the more impressive NFL rookies, I think, in the whole league, and he's a huge part of why the Panthers have gone from near last to number one in the, in the NFL in sacks. Minor wrist surgery kept him out of practice today, but there's a good chance that he will be able to face the 49ers. The one lingering concern besides the most obvious, Cam Newton did not participate again today uh, with his foot issue. So it's all Kyle Allen in San Francisco, and then we'll just have to recalibrate when we see what Cam can or cannot do in practice next week. The one lingering issue besides Cam Newton health-wise is left tackle. Remember, Greg Little, the draft pick, is dealing with concussion issues and not expected back soon. The guy who was plugged in, the sixth rounder from the South Carolina Gamecocks, Dennis Daly. Now, he got a lot of help against Tampa. There was a lot of tight end help and running back help, but the guy graded out really well against the Buccaneers. That is not easy for a rookie picked in the sixth round at the left tackle spot. You're protecting the blind side of a guy like Kyle Allen there. Dennis Daly is dealing with a groin problem. So you're missing, you're missing your original starting left tackle. Remember, Daryl Williams has been moved around. Your next starting left tackle, Greg Little, and now your third starting left tackle just this year, Dennis Daly is dealing with a groin injury that kept him out of practice today. 1-800-849-2761. Darren, has anybody ever asked you uh, for advice Maybe when they were about to do something bad in life, like, I don't know, they're going to experiment with drugs. You know, maybe you can steer them away from the heroin and the crystal meth. Well, I'd rather you not use drugs at all, but if you really have to, how about this or this rather than that or that? I don't know. Has that ever happened? Maybe not. Maybe not exactly in that <laughs> maybe context. Maybe not exactly, but uh, I, I see your point. There's a con man in the American sports headlines. And this one is truly sports. So we're allowed to talk about it even more. LeVar Ball has always struck me as a con man. And my advice to him would have been, one, like you suggest, hey, hey, don't be a con man. Like that'd be the first advice. How, <laughs> how about not being a con man at all? How about that, you know? Wouldn't we say that to our best friends or anybody else? Well, I see what you're thinking about here, but. Like, how about not? Like, any other ideas before we go? But if you, my next step, and I think you know, I mean, like, I'm serious. If somebody I cared about said, well, I'm going to do this risky, bordering on con man venture. Do you know what I would say next? All right. If you're going to be a con man, at least don't be a racist, sexist, abusive con man. How about that? <laughs> because you know what? In this world, Darren... I actually get, I can give credit to LeVar Ball, who has been a con man in every way. The latest news is that his big baller brand, Shock, 
Hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. His big baller brand has come crashing to an end. I told you that he was going to cost his children millions of dollars. You know my personality. Am I all about sticking it to the man? I mean, seriously. Do I just accept authority because it's authority? I'm the guy who came up with Friday Hawaiian shirts at an all-Catholic, all-boy coat and tie school. That's where I come from. I'm all about sticking it to the man. What's that great music uh, movie, School of Rock with Jack Black? You do have a case of stick ah, it to the man man. Let's stick it to the man. <laughs> I'm all about sticking it to the man. But let's stick it to the man intelligently. So LeVar Ball doesn't like convention. I'm okay with that. LeVar Ball wants to stick it to the man. You know, the Nike, the Adidas, the Under Armour, oh, they're tough in negotiations, so why don't we just make our own shoe company? Again, I'm with you so far. Stick it to the man. But because LeVar Ball is the same guy who told us that he could have beaten back in the day Michael Jordan one-on-one, because LeVar Ball is the same guy who told us that one of the reasons Lonzo didn't win more at UCLA was that he had too many white teammates. Yeah, that's really helpful in a country with divisive issues related to race. That's very helpful, LeVar. You, like many people of color, would like to not be discriminated against, and so far I'm with you. But then you have to paint with a broad brush that way? That's racist, man. You can't do that. Don't complain about racist and then be Guilty of it yourself. Be better than that. Don't go on sports TV and belittle and demean and degrade a woman simply because she's a female broadcaster and you give all the males free reign to ask whatever question they want. But the first time you get a hint of something you don't he- want to hear out of a woman asking the question, look it up. You don't need me for, re- for me to revisit. Outrageously racist and sexist behavior. You want to be a con man? I'd rather you not, but if you're going to be a con man, why not create a reality TV show and see how many Americans are bored enough, gullible enough, and have so little going on in their lives that they want to tune in for your TV show. And frankly, if anybody listening right now fits that description, I don't care. It's all good. I'm all about to each his own, to each her own. If that entertains you, I'm all good because that is an outlet for LeVar Ball to be a con man without hurting anybody. If you like, the TV show is called Ball in the Family. Now, it's web only, so it's not, he's not exactly taking over the world. But I'll give him credit. There are now five seasons of Ball in the Family. And unlike his independent shoe company, Big Baller Brand, it still exists. Big Baller Brand is defunct. I told you so. He cost his sons millions of dollars. Again, stick it to the man. I'm all about it, man. Invite me into the, the conversation, the negotiation. We're going to get Lonzo some cash now. But pretending that you, the, the ultimate con man, you can create a web-only TV show. And there's not a lot of downside if it doesn't work out, right? And there is an upside. He's got five. The two things I'll give him credit for is that he is an involved dad. He might be psychopathic. He might be a con man, but he's an involved dad. And we live in a world where there are parents who have abandoned their children in every sense of that word. I am capable of many bad things. Hopefully I don't go down many of these roads too often. 
I am not capable of abandoning my children, period, under any circumstances. So I'll celebrate LeVar Ball in that narrow sense. He truly cares about his three sons. He truly supports them. He clearly has taught them basketball well. He's bat bleep crazy, and he is fundamentally a con man, as Big Baller Brand ended up proving. You know, you call to find out where your shoes are. Overpriced, underdeveloped shoes. Oh, they're not here. And then you can't get an answer, and then there's no website. And now, truly, seriously, you can't make this up. If you try to go to the Big Baller Brand website, it is redirected to his former business partner's website, and that's the guy who's a convicted felon for defrauding others out of millions of dollars. So your shoe company went under, but at least your defrauded former customers will have the joy of landing on the web page of the former business partner who's suing you and you're suing him and who has already gone to prison as a convicted felon for defrauding others out of other millions of dollars. That's the fraud that Big Baller Brand was. And unlike Ball in the family, what's the downside if it doesn't work? The downside here is you abuse people, you exploit people, you take advantage of people by not sending them shoes, by giving them no customer service, by claiming to be something you aren't in a way that others, strangers, are left holding the bag because you're a con man. There are victims there, and that makes it no more funny for me. Ball in the family? Let people watch, let people wa not watch. There's no victims there. There were victims of Big Baller Brand. I think smart people saw it coming from a 1,000 miles away, as we did here on the David Glenn Show. But among the other victims are his own sons. We could have gotten in those negotiations, okay, you can't quite stick it to the man to the degree of telling Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas, oh, we're just creating our own shoe company and apparel company, and we're going to go that route. And we're going to show you stick it to the man through ball in the family is fine. Stick it to the man if you need to make nonsensical statements to get a lot of attention, you know, about beating Michael Jordan in one-on-one -on -one back in your prime, even though you couldn't start at Washington State for crying out loud. If you need to do that to create some kind of Kardashian style, we are shallow, hollow shells of human beings, but enough Americans are interested in our day-to-day -day lives that we might get enough listeners to make this TV show an actual reality. Again, no victims there, perhaps, other than your soul <laughs> and wasting a lot of time on worthless TV programming, bar family, Kardashian family, or otherwise. But again, to each his own, to each her own. Be smart, man. If you need to be a con man, have a plan. Stop with the racism. Stop with the bigotry. Stop victimizing people. And stop doing a disservice to your own sons. LeVar Ball would have helped his son Lonzo sign a deal worth many millions of dollars if he had just gone the more conventional route. I'm in favor of Stick It to the Man. I think LeVar's done several interesting things. The shoe company was always a fraud. You should have seen it coming if you were the one left holding the bag. And he did a disservice to his own sons, even while being an actively involved father in admirable ways. He absolutely steered them in the wrong direction. 
with this big baller brand nonsense. Now they know, and now there's familial fractures all over the place, as you've probably heard Lonzo in his public comments talking along those lines. Now you have lawsuits flying in every direction, probably gobbling up whatever profits you might have from ball in the family. We did see it coming. You should have seen it coming. And that is the American sports world's con man of the year, LeVar Ball, big baller brand, dead on arrival. Michael Lee, senior NBA writer for TheAthletic.com. It was a nice doubleheader last night. There's another intriguing doubleheader tonight, even as the NBA versus China stare down continues. Michael Lee on everything on and off the court next on The David Glenn Show. I made a reference to Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the bleeping prairie chewing on grass. This is The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. I forget if we have ever told one of our favorite NBA guests, Michael Lee, now with TheAthletic.com, senior NBA writer there, about our pick five game. As we say hi to Michael and welcome him back for, I think it's his first 2019-2020 appearance in terms of NBA action. We play a game, Michael, where we pick five teams the day the season starts, and we count it as a win if any one of those five ends up winning the NBA title many months later. We count it as a loss if somebody outside that five did it. Uh, we're, we've gotten it right 26 times, uh, wrong four times, and it feels like this year is as hard as any. Like, what would your advice be for our pick five NBA challenge this year? Oh, man. It hurts this uh, year, doesn't it? It does, but um, I don't know if it's that hard. Um, I could pick five, I think, pretty easily. All right. Um, we we included both the Lakers and the Clippers as they went into last night's matchup, so that's that was yep. our starting point. And I will go with Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Okay. And <laughs> the fifth one's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, because there's so many teams out west that can all stay claim to be in contenders. Uh. Even if you wanted to email your fifth pick to us, doesn't it underline the idea that there might be a half a dozen candidates for the fifth team and that we should not laugh at them the way we would typically laugh at the fifth best team in the NBA if they say, we think we can make a run at the whole thing? Yeah, no, because I'm with you because I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the fifth <laughs> team is. And there's, there's Denver, Houston, Utah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could be in the mix. Um, so, and you know, who had Toronto win the championship last right. year? Right. That I was mean. one. That was one of our losses. <laughs> that that was one of our misses over these last three decades. I mean, but just think about just all the luck that had to come into play for them to win that championship. You know, from Kawhi's shot to Kevin Durant's injury to Clay Thompson getting hurt to you know all these things happening in the finals. And I mean, they were they were down. 2-1 and trailing in the fourth quarter against Philly could have gone down 3-1. They were down 2-0 and had to win a double overtime game at home to beat Milwaukee, to win, you know, win four in a row in Milwaukee. They almost went down 3-0. So, 
So, I mean, the NBA, I mean, it's, it's crazy because you see these teams and, you know, they put in the work and obviously, you know, they earn it. But you need a lot to go your way. And it's really hard to say who's going to be the champ at the end. That's why so many, so many of us get it wrong. Not because we don't know anything. It's just because so many crazy things happen that you just can't predict. Michael Lee is joining us on Twitter. He is at Mr. Michael Lee, Mr. Michael Lee, online, theathletic.com, senior NBA writer for that outstanding website. Before we get into more on-the-court stuff, I'd like your thoughts and overview. We, of course, debated, you know, what Adam Silver said right, said wrong, what LeBron James said right, said wrong in this whole China uh, issue. It is the NBA's second largest market. If you were to give an overview, would you say these teams need to continue discussing future salary cap numbers because lost revenue in China could be so severe that uh, those numbers will be impacted? Or are you more a believer that the further we get away from that international incident, the more things are likely to get back to at least close to normal? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things that are coming to that I'm becoming aware of you know, about that whole incident and why China reacted the way it responded the way it did, because to us it just seemed like an overreaction that they would just, you know, go through all these extremes, you know, based off of a tweet. Um, but, you know, if you talk to people there or people who have family there, you realize that, you know, it wasn't just what Maury said, it was when he said it. And at the time that the, you know, NBA was there, that was a big week in China. Yeah. Um, that was like Chinese heritage. Like, it was almost like the 4th of July. You know, it was a huge period, you know, of celebration and taking pride in China. And while the NBA was there, Derek Morris sent this tweet, and someone made a point to me that it'd be like um, someone, um, you know, that does business with the United States, you know, saying America is trash on the 4th of July. You know, like, at the time, you are offending us when we're when we're feeling our best about our country, yeah. and that now you want to come do business with us. So, I think that over time, things will settle down, things will calm down. I know that the Chinese fans are passionate about basketball; they love basketball. And as the games get more intense and more important, uh, those fans are going to want to come back because you know they know that um, you know what Maury tweeted, um, you know. He doesn't represent the entire league. And then I don't necessarily think what he did was wrong. I just feel like the fans are going to come back to basketball because that is the sport that they're passionate about and they love it and it's not some sort of fluke. And that's why those games were able to be held there in the first place because those those people, they love basketball. And um, and, and I, I think that being without it will be a, a difficult challenge for, for those people to have that, that necessary outlet. Last night's season opening doubleheader, of course, was chosen carefully by TV executives. You know, why not the Clippers head-to-head against the Lakers with L.A., the new center of the NBA universe? And why not the champion Toronto Raptors getting their enormous rings while playing Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans? Well, yeah, right? So you know we follow Zion closely here in our statewide audience. When Seth Greenberg joined our show from ESPN and talked about Zion being overweight and the Pelicans should be careful because of that way back in the summer league, I think it was, 
a lot of Duke fans jumped all over him, only to see Mike Krzyzewski himself come out and say, uh, Zion's not at his right playing weight right now. I think, you know, basically Seth Greenberg was right, and then the Duke fans quieted up all of a sudden. Now he's got a knee surgery, and he's out six to eight weeks. Is there real concern about a man with an unorthodox body being able to fend off major health issues? Or do you think New Orleans, at least for now, is still optimistic because it's you know not an ACL, it's more of a meniscus-related knee surgery? If there isn't some concern, then I'm concerned that they're not concerned. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, you know, one thing that you typically do not do in the NBA is get smaller. You usually get bigger. Yeah. Um, and not just, I mean, just as a, as a, as a man, as you get older, I mean, um, you know, you, you just grow <laughs> and not, not always up. Right. <laughs> so, uh, one thing that they're going to have to be concerned with, and I think that a meniscus thing is not some small surgery. Like, that could be something that could really derail you and set you back, um, you know, depending on how to, what procedure is done, you know, um, and just so it's not just something that it's just an easy thing. I mean, guys have obviously been able to recover from it and, you know, had great careers despite it, but it's not a very easy uh, decision to make on, you know, which surgery you're going to have. But I think that New Orleans has to be cautious with them. They have to be, you know, be, treat them like a really precious porcelain, you know, uh, doll almost because, you know, he, he represents so much hope for that franchise and don't want to get it wrong. You don't want it to let it be something that lingers. I mean, young guys, as they grow into their bodies and start to fill out, they start they have problems, they have complications with their health. Um, and, but I, I like the fact that New Orleans was diligent about it. You know, they they, they didn't hesitate to do something to make the situation improve. Um, never have to be that way with him. Um, and I, I don't think he's not fat. You know, right. I think that some people have the perception that, you know, he's 285 pounds and he's, you know, he's just lardo, but he's not. He, he's very, you know, he's built. <laughs> um, and he's in a great physique, um, but he, I don't know how he loses weight, but I know that he is carrying a lot of weight and that puts a lot of stress on you. And he has some little knick-knack injuries from summer league and uh, obviously he had the injury with Duke um, when the shoe exploded. Um, so he's just got to be cautious. And, and not rush back because he won't be doing anyone any favors by playing and then getting hurt again. Here in North Carolina, the Carolina Panthers are interesting in the NFL at four and two. The Carolina Hurricanes are surging uh, in in the NHL with another good team after last year's long playoff run. And here we have the Charlotte Hornets opening their regular season tonight against the Chicago Bulls. Michael, I actually read somewhere earlier today. If the Hornets don't beat the Bulls tonight or they host Minnesota in their second game, there are folks who believe the NBA's record of 18 straight losses to open a regular season could be in jeopardy. Are, are, the, are, are there others as bad as the Hornets? Do you expect them to be truly the worst team in the NBA? I'm sure your attention is mostly elsewhere, but you know we have an NBA franchise here in our backyard, and sometimes the conversation around the Hornets is like they're without Kemba Walker, a minor league team. Um, yeah, I mean they're going to be bad. I mean they're going to be an incredibly bad team. <laughs> like and, twenty wins, uh, bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be sixty losses bad, like yeah. or at least in the vicinity. Um, 
because they just don't have a lot to get excited about. Uh, you know, P.J. Washington is, might turn into a player. Miles um, Bridges, you know, might turn into a player. Uh, but you just don't know about these guys, and there's so many questions and so many guys who just aren't, you know, either showing the potential to be stars or just aren't capable of performing at that level. And they're trying to sell that to a fan base that's typically apathetic, so it's really tough. Um, but it might be good, you know, if, say, they do, you know, fall out of any kind of playoff race and then, you know, can start, you know, hope that they can win the lottery and get, get that number one pick that, you know, that, that sort of eluded them at, at the times when they needed it. You know, when 2012, when they, you know, were really awful and they well, had the worst record, um, you know, of all time, a percentage of all time. They um, won Anthony Davis. It would have been wonderful if they had. I think it would have been wonderful to franchise for the city if he was gone there. But they wanted to get a guilt trip. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there's, there's risk, obviously, in you know, having a, a down season. But who knows? Maybe they finally get some luck and, and wind up with some players in the draft that can help elevate them because they've been down for so long. And I know that that community loves basketball, but they necessarily know that they love the Hornets and shit. His name is Michael Lee. Find his work, senior NBA writer at theathletic.com. On Twitter, he is at Mr. Michael Lee for Mr. Michael Lee. Thanks for the time, as always, man. Uh, welcome back to another NBA season. You know we'll be knocking on your door throughout the uh, upcoming campaign. Hey, look forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. Dean in Wilmington, you're up on the David Glenn Show. The NCAA book on violations to say sick Superman has trouble carrying. This is true. However, it's not buried into the small print in the back that you're not allowed to drive luxury cars that aren't yours. Okay? <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. TV picks include another NBA doubleheader, and they involve contenders again, both games. Celtics at the Sixers. Those two expected to battle the Bucks for Eastern Conference supremacy this season. Nuggets at the Blazers, two more contenders out west after the Clippers took out the Lakers last night on opening night. Remember, your Hornets are at home against the Bulls. Don't know if you want to watch, but it is a 7 o'clock tip on Fox Sports Southeast. You can always look at the new young talent. MLS playoffs continue all over the place. And good luck to, in our backyard, our friends at North Carolina FC. Austin Deleuze and friends are playing in a USL playoff match this evening. Of course, you have Nationals at Astros Game 2 of the World Series. Enjoy the games. We'll see you tomorrow on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.